Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and in this episode, we are going to explore a topic that I'm sure you have heard of before, but not have had the chance to dive deep into yet. We'll be answering the question, what is the parasympathetic state and why does it matter? To help answer this question, I've invited my good friend, Jody Cohen, to talk this through. Jody is the founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, a top resource for essential oils online. She has a unique background. She combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wildcrafted essential oils. Jodi is a best-selling author of two books, and she specifically likes to focus on healing the brain, healing the body, dealing with anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity. So you can see why you will get a lot out of this episode. Whether for you or your work, it is crucial to know what is going on in the body the nervous system, and what you will learn here about the vagus nerve, parasympathetic state, and its connection to stored trauma. This podcast has four sections. One, what are the three states of the nervous system? Two, what role does the vagus nerve play in the body? Three, how do the states of the nervous system affect our health and lead to disease? And four, one practical tool to get started working with your nervous system. Let's get started. Let's start talking about parasympathetic state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and these different areas of the body, of the brain, the vagus nerve that all kind of get us caught up in emotions and memories and trauma. And a lot of people get stuck there, Jody, right? Like I work with a lot of people who have been stuck in uh, these negative states, these trauma states for years, for decades. And they may have even gone to therapy and talked about stuff and they're not understanding like, why am I still stuck in what would be either a sympathetic state or even a freeze and just overwhelm and shut down. And I don't care what happens anymore. And we need to be able to learn like there's this parasympathetic state and this is how we actually shift the body to that state. So talk to us, how do, how do you explain what the parasympathetic state is? Yeah. So, you know, our body has an operating system, just like any of your devices. And that operating system is your autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Your autonomic nervous system controls all of your automatic functions, the things that you do without consciously thinking about it, you know, breathing, digesting your food, detoxifying your waste, turning on your immune system, inflaming, anti-inflaming. And just like, you know, any other device, like your car, it has different speeds, right? You can either go faster or you can go slower, accelerate, brake. And it just depends on what's happening around you because it's designed to keep you alive. So if there is danger, you need to accelerate and resources are allocated differently. This is known as the fight or flight branch of your autonomic nervous system called the sympathetic branch. 
and how mm-hmm. res- your body releases stress chemicals like yep. adrenaline, cortisol, mm-hmm. your blood flow is routed away from your organs of digestion and detoxification so that there's more uh, oxygen and blood in your arms and legs so that you can run, you can flee. Your vision changes, your pupils yep. actually dilate. The black part of your eye gets really big so it can take in more light and can kind of hyper-focus. And this is really critical to trauma. It's called selective attention. It only allows you to focus on like the next good decision to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really allow you to connect with other people, to process information, to make good decisions. So look at big picture. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Or Mm -hmm. even to, you know, it's kind of like your back is against the wall place where you feel like things might be black or white. And then when you're able to calm down, you're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I need more information Mm or, oh, I guess, you know, there are all these other options. So, you know, danger response is sympathetic fight or flight, Mm -hmm. Uh, relaxation, kind of I'm safe response. You know, you have the big party, the house is a mess. You start to clean up, restore order, all of that. That is what's known as the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, the rest, digest and heal branch. And basically all healing needs to, you you can't, your body doesn't release toxins when you're not in the parasympathetic state. You're not properly absorbing your nutrients, you know, as the building blocks to everything your body does. You can't anti-inflame, your immune system isn't in the right gear. It's literally like nothing healing related, including mental health can happen when you're stuck in sympathetic. And sadly, the example people give is, you know, the tiger is chasing you down the street. There are not that many tigers running down my street, but there's all <laughs> kinds of anticipatory stress. You know, yes. you're concerned about your finances, your relationship, your job, you know, your health, mm-hmm. what's happening yep. in the world. All of these things, this anticipatory stress keeps us alive. So it signals the same chemical cascade yes. as actual physical danger. And yep. it's almost like we just get stuck in that gear where we're mm-hmm. always reactive. We're always overwhelmed. We're always a little on edge. We're always a little scared. Always a little overwhelmed. Always a little on edge. Always a little scared. Does that sound familiar? I want to break this down a bit more. So this is as clear as it can be and teach you the three states of the nervous system. Now, by the nervous system, we are specifically talking about the autonomic nervous system because there are different branches of our nervous system. So there are three states of our autonomic nervous system. If you listen to my podcast often enough, you might be familiar with these states. And this is so important, essential for us to understand how to do trauma work. So there are three states of the nervous system. Jody described two of them, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. There is one more, and we'll get to that in a second. So one state that we've talked about is called the parasympathetic. You may also know it as social engagement. This is where we want to be. This is when we are grounded, we are calm, we are our best selves. We are physically our healthiest, mentally and emotionally our best, and we are the most stable. The second state of the nervous system is the stress state or the sympathetic state. Now, that is the state that our body goes into when we are stressed, and it literally goes into a different operating system, and it's running off of stress, operation stress. (laughs) And this is a high energy state and we are moving into action. So there's lots of movement. There's lots of energy. There's lots of action. This is where our bodies will naturally go into fight or flight. Whether we are the firefighter that's running towards the fire or we're the person who's running away from the fire. 
our body is in action. Now, this is a state that our bodies will go into in response to danger, and we want to be able to navigate that, navigate that flow, navigate that change, be flexible with it so that we can rise to the occasion, fight the danger off, and then come back to parasympathetic. But there is this third state of the autonomic nervous system, and that is the dorsal vagal response or the freeze response. Now, this is where we feel overwhelmed, and this is the trauma state. This is the trauma physiology. Now, what many people have been taught, not to any fault of their own, but it's to lump the freeze response with that fight or flight response. But that's not right. They didn't teach us right. So they've lumped freeze right in with the stress response. And you'll even hear them say it, fight, flight, or freeze. Oh, but in the body, that's not how the biology works. They are completely separate. Fight and flight are action. And so the autonomic nervous system is operating from the stress and the sympathetic state. And the freeze is completely different. And the freeze response, there is no action. There is no movement. We actually feel frozen or paralyzed inside, even though you might not show it and pretend that everything is fine. But this, my friend, is the trauma response. Your autonomic nervous system is now operating from the trauma state, not the stress state or the social engagement state. So stress and trauma are two completely different states in your body. They're two completely different operating systems. They are two completely different physiologies. Stress is high energy, (laughs) but when your body says, we might not make this and it shuts down, that is the freeze response and the trauma physiology. Because in stress, we're still fighting. We think we still have a chance. And the trauma response, it feels like an inescapable life threat. And so our bodies have shut down and actually gone into a collapse depending on which state the body is in are the different steps of action that are needed. So we have been using the wrong tools usually because we're trying to use tools for stress when we're actually in the freeze response. And that's not going to work because the freeze response needs different tools than the stress response because they're completely different physiology. Now, this is something that we all experience. I, in fact, have still never met someone who has never gone into that freeze response. And most people are living in what we call a functional freeze. We just haven't understood it. Once we come to understand and see it, my goodness, it's one of those things that you can't unsee. You you see the layers to which your body has shut down, has given up on life, has settled for, I guess this is as good as it's going to get, and I just need to get through. Let's talk about tools because if we find ourselves in this state of the trauma physiology, we need tools. We can talk about the spectrum of trauma and how it may look very different because one person still may be in sympathetic at times. And so they may feel the anxiety, they may feel the stress. And then at other times, even sometimes in the same day, they're exhausted and they feel in that collapse. So what happens is many people wake up, not wanting to wake up, not wanting to get up, not wanting it to be morning yet. They're already overwhelmed by their day. So they're waking up in this trauma physiology. They stress themselves out, sometimes even by giving themselves adrenaline through caffeine (laughs) so that they can get through their day, they can get to work, they can get stuff done. And then their body falls back into the exhaustion and the collapse at the end of the day. 
Now, this is what our body does to help us survive. So this is actually part of the intelligent design of our body to keep us alive. It's not that we are lazy. It's not that we are weak. It isn't any of those. This is our body doing its best in the moment to help us survive. But once we can see that our bodies have these different operating systems and we can have a stress operating system and we can have a trauma operating system, we get to apply the different tools to help the body come out of those states and get to parasympathetic where we want to be. But it's going to be a different path if you're coming from the freeze response than if you're coming from the stress response. All right. Let's talk about the vagus nerve now and how it relates to the states of the nervous system that we just talked about. Jody is going to share a story with us that will help you understand how all of this fits together. We went biking before COVID hit in Italy with my best friend who's from Chicago and her family. And halfway through the day, we stopped for lunch and the son said, wow, those hills are really hard. And I'm like, well, you know, you can downshift. He lives in Chicago. There aren't hills. And he at the next break was like, oh, my God, downshifting game changer. And I'm like, yeah. So the on off switch, the gear shift between your fight or flight sympathetic branch, rest and digest parasympathetic branch is your vagus nerve. It's Mm -hmm. the longest nerve in the body that most people have never heard of. It is the information highway between the brain and the body, body, brain. Quick anatomy lesson starts at the back of the head, splits, and wraps around both sides behind the earlobe on that bone. That's your mastoid bone. Mm -hmm. And then it winds through the the throat, the larynx, the heart, the lungs, every organ of digestion and detoxification. Datis Karazian, who you mentioned at the beginning, was kind of the first one to start screaming about the vagus nerve and how stimulating the vagus nerve turns on parasympathetic. And brilliant as he is, his suggestions were like, gag yourself with a tongue depressor, gargle water, (laughs) scare yourself. Compliance Mm -hmm. is like zero. You say to someone like, gag yourself, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that 10 times a day. No. But what was really interesting when I started playing with essential oils and I realized that they were able to not just kind of go through the skin and get into the vascular system, but actually be used on reflex points. Mm -hmm. I knew that behind the earlobe was a powerful reflex point. And I launched my company in 2012, right around the time um, New York neuroscientist Kevin Tracy was surgically implanting pacemaker-like devices Mm -hmm. behind the earlobe on that mastoid bone and using it to stimulate the vagus nerve because this is where the vagus nerve is most accessible Mm -hmm. to the surface. Mm -hmm. And his surgery was so successful that the FDA approved this technique for epilepsy, depression, and migraines. And I thought, well, you could get two invasive surgeries, you know, one behind the ear, one with the battery in the heart, (laughs) or why don't you just try, you know, stimulatory essential oils? Mm -hmm. Like we know anyone who's put like what they call a hot oil, clove, oregano, cinnamon, thyme on their skin. It might look red. It might get warm. If you do that, don't put water on it. Oil and water don't mix. Take any oil in your kitchen. Olive oil is great and just put it on to dilute it. But you can use a, a blend. I like clove and lime because clove is super stimulatory, but you know, it's chemistry. It takes like 20 minutes to get through the skin. Lime has much smaller molecules. So when you combine them, you get something that's super stimulatory, high impact. It stimulates the vagus nerve. It's like a domino chain, right? Mm -hmm. Stimulates the vagus nerve. 
then that turns on parasympathetic, then suddenly it's like you're off switch for stress. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the problem with being in the sympathetic is that it's such a high energy state that our bodies are not able to maintain that level of, of metabolism even, let alone all the inflammation and the oxidative stress that accumulates when we're in sympathetic all the time. And so our bodies are going to crash mm-hmm. <laughs> without yeah. being able to shift it back into parasympathetic to have that time to restore and repair. It's going to, it's going to crash because of the high energy output and then the, what become toxins to the rest of the body as they build up over time. Yeah. It's like even race cars need to make pit stops. You know, you can only go around the track so many times. No, Mm -hmm. it's true. And, and, you know, the other interesting thing is it's the vagus nerve that stimulates the anti-inflammatory neurotransmitter acetylcholine. So it's really, um, you know, my dad used to say everything in moderation, including moderation, your body needs to be able to toggle between I'm in stress and I'm relaxed. And what's Mm -hmm. sad is that some people are even in the sympathetic state when they're sleeping, you know, the people that grind their teeth or have night terrors, you know, or never feel rested. Right. And imagine like the sleep is the most important time for the body to detoxify, to drain the lymphatic system. And if it's in sympathetic state where everything is kind of clenched down, it's not even getting that time for that repair process to happen. Yeah. And the one thing that, that used to really stump me, you know, before I kind of realized how to use oils on reflex points, you know, I, I was always a very type A personality. I was always high stress and people used to say to me, oh, you just need to relax. And I would think, well, (laughs) I could go to the yoga class, but I still need to come home and clean the house and do the laundry and feed the kids and drive them places. Like I could never visualize how am I going to calm stress when I'm not going to, you know, drop my external world. And this aha moment of realizing my external circumstances can stay exactly the same. I just need to gear shift my nervous system and then I approach it differently. Gear shifting your nervous system. That is extremely important. If we think of our body like a car, we were never taught how to drive it. We are constantly driving it in the wrong gear and it's ruining the engine and the transmission. Jody loves to use essential oils as part of this process, which is a great tool. There are so many tools we can use, and we will cover a few more of those in a few minutes. In my 21-day journey to calm aliveness, I teach people the manual for their body. We practice and experiment so you can learn to drive your own unique car. So you can learn what helps you downshift and even learn to recognize which state you are in in the first place. I guide you in becoming an expert in your own nervous system to know which state of the nervous system you're in, how to listen, how to work with your body to shift it between states throughout the day so you're not wrecking your engine and transmission. Even as professionals, we often don't realize which state of the autonomic nervous system we are in, which gear we are operating from. And when we keep driving in the wrong gear, never downshift it, it can greatly impact our life and especially our health. A person's health is greatly impacted by which state of the nervous system they are operating from especially when people have stored trauma and find themselves in a chronic overwhelm and free state, and they don't know how to regulate back into the parasympathetic. Many health conditions can develop. Chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, depression, and just that heaviness the nervous system brings in as a survival mechanism after trauma. And many other conditions are strongly associated with the freeze response. 
the body literally goes into an energy conservation state. That is its operating system. And this is the result of overwhelm. And it tries to get through life without having to use up a lot of energy. In fact, as little as possible because it already feels like it doesn't have enough. If a person spends a lot of time in stress mode, they may develop high blood pressure and anxiety, insomnia. I break all diseases into those categories. Any disease really falls into one of those two categories, either the stress response or the trauma response. Our bodies operate best and really only can heal in the parasympathetic state. Let's talk more about the vagus nerve because especially in trauma work, this is fundamental to really being able to do exactly what you're talking about, where regardless of external circumstances, you're able to at baseline have a very different operating system, an operating system that is automatically doing things for you that you don't have to consciously control Yes, (laughs) because that's where a lot of, um, yeah, like you say, just a lot of, a lot of things can go wrong because yes, you're right. You can take time out from your life in order to consciously relax your system. But then as soon as you go back to your job, your work, your life, your relationships, your, your kids, whatever it is, the stress the, the is the right nightly news. Yeah. <laughs> the nightly news, your cell phone with social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so creating this vagus nerve that is more resilient, has a bigger buffer for stress so that it doesn't reach that point of sympathetic. Yes. And then how do we, how do we then not only shift it back to parasympathetic when it has been in sympathetic, but how do we create a bigger buffer? How do we create more resiliency in that vagus nerve with the essential oils and the work that you're doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, everything is additive and cumulative, right? Like stressors are additive and cumulative. Solutions are additive and cumulative. If someone says to you, gosh, I think I'm going to lose weight. I'm wondering, I should maybe change my diet or exercise. And you're like, why not do both? Right. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Mm. And the more, you know, I actually have a a free handout of 25 ways to activate your vagus nerve. The more it's like a muscle, right? The the first time, you know, gyms are closed, you go back after COVID and you work out and you can barely walk up the stairs, you know, and just (laughs) like moving your arm hurts because you're just out of practice. But the more you uh, exercise, the easier it gets. So there are lots of ways that you can calm your nervous system. It's basically the vagus nerve Um, passes through or innervates almost every organ in your body. So any organ that the vagus nerve touches can be used to activate it. This is one reason that deep breathing works so well and why, you know, yoga is so powerful. It's basically every time you do your, you're exhaling or you're, um, you know, activating your lungs or or twisting your organs in yoga or, you know, doing a coffee enema because the gallbladder is innervated by the vagus nerve. You're sending that information back up and you're helping to shift into parasympathetic. So I, I just started looking at, you know, I, when my kids were little, I used to kill myself to make healthy recipes that they often didn't eat. You know, I would, they couldn't (laughs) swallow pills. So I'd grind up supplements and put them in applesauce with cinnamon and stevia and try to spoon feed it to them. And there was so much resistance to certain things that when I discovered oils and realized Mm -hmm. they're never going to stop me, like they don't mind it. If I quickly put something behind their ear or give Mm -hmm. them a little foot rub, you know, we can play this little piggy while I put oils on their feet. (laughs) Yep. The the resistance was so minimal. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if you can find something that's super 
easy. Breathing's exactly. easy. Gratitude's yep. easy. Time in nature with mm-hmm. your animals, easy. Just mm-hmm. find things that you're like, okay, I can actually do that. You know, that don't require Mm -hmm. like, uh, I need to completely change my diet and my exercise routine. Mm -hmm. That's really hard, you know, just baby Mm -hmm. stepping it and and acknowledging and noticing how you feel like the the example I always use, um, because Seattle traffic is uh, painful, you know, there, there are days when someone will cut you off and you're, you don't care. It doesn't matter. You're not in a hurry. You're good. And then the next day, the same thing happens and four-letter words are flying out of your mouth. It's the exact same situation. The only variable is you and yep. how resilient you were in that moment. And the more resilient you are, the more bandwidth you have that things are going to go wrong, but you can kind of take it in stride and, and move with it. And that exactly. makes everything easier. It makes parenting yep. easier. It makes friendship yep. easier. You know, it makes exercise easier. So what yeah. we want to do is empower you with strategies that start yep. to build your resilience. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors. Most people don't like the same flavor, but you get to choose, you know, oils might work for one person, uh, breathing techniques for another person, um, you know, gratitude practices. There, there are just so many ways that you can access mm-hmm. the state. But once you're aware of, the benefits of it and and the why, what is this going to do for me? What, how is this exactly. going to make my life better? Mm-hmm. Then maybe mm-hmm. you'll be more inclined to, you know, try yep. things out and see how it shifts mm-hmm. your experience. And having a greater number of tools that we can utilize really helps us to individualize what yes. tools are most effective for us, or if we're working with clients, what are the most effective tools for them? Because as you're talking, I'm thinking about specific clients or patients that I've had over the years that because of their physical health, that movement was not as accessible to them, yeah. either because they were so close to that fatigue and that the, the slightest bit of movement, let alone exercise would put them back full blown into their fatigue. And so it's like, okay, so right now your system is not able to really utilize that tool of movement to bring resilience to your vagus nerve, but there are these other tools. You can still lay there and do the breathing and there's different types of breathing, right? But that, that is one tool that everybody has accessible to them. You can still do essential oils behind your ears to reach, you know, where the vagus nerve is coming down there. So there, depending on your, your life, your health, your schedule, even will determine what tools you use when, but there are so many different tools. And the more you use, the better, the faster you're going to be able to build that resilience, that buffer into your vagus nerve. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that's really what I realized. Like, you know, um, I have a friend who jokes, she's like, I spend thousands of dollars on supplements and I never take any of them. And I'm like, well, that's not really helpful. Like, right? let's, let's meet you where you're at. Let's yeah. pick your top priority and exactly. let's just focus on that. Let's make mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. one of the, um, the greatest gifts when, when Max died, one of my closest friends is a therapist and all these people are giving me all these books I need to read and these groups yeah. I need to join. And she's like, you just need to focus on eating, sleeping and moving. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Thank you. When you're overwhelmed, yes. giving people more to do just right? makes them more overwhelmed. Exactly. And they're less able to even do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then they feel like a failure and there are all those voices. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're so, still stuck in the trauma cycle. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening right. to this and this feels overwhelming, literally, 
eat, yep. just make sure you're eating, you know, the more you can breathe and calm your nervous system before meals. I think that's one of the reasons, I think that's what prayer does. You know, it yeah. calms you down. It brings that you into pause. the parasympathetic mm-hmm. moment. Yep. Um, and it brings you into a place of gratitude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which also mm-hmm. triggers mm-hmm. parasympathetic. Yep. You know, sleeping, we kind of talked about yep. super critical. It's when the yes. brain cleans house and the body clears out. So often um, if people are complaining about everything or anything, I, I ask if they're <laughs> sleeping and yep. often just helping people fall asleep and stay asleep can make a big difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. movement, your lymphatic system, which really is what shepherds the garbage out of your body. And if the the garbage doesn't leave the body, then the immune system kind of flags it. And then it turns on inflammation and all these problems. So sometimes just helping, you know, shepherd the garbage out can make a really big difference. So whatever your capacity for movement is, you know, Mm -hmm. Walking is great. Walking is my mm-hmm. favorite thing to do. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of research that people who walk um, live longer, have better health. We've been talking about different tools that you can use. The most important thing is to begin the practice of getting to know yourself and your body. Cookie cutter medicine does not work for a biology of trauma lens because everyone has a different autonomic nervous system. Everyone has different factors that play into that threshold of stress and overwhelm and the trauma response. So it has to be personalized. It also needs to be empowering. And that's one of the things that the biology of trauma professionals learn, that it needs to be personalized and it needs to be empowering. When you learn to listen to your body, when you learn to become the expert in your car and shift its state for yourself, then you realize how much power you have in creating the life that you want. We weren't taught to listen to our body. We were taught to ignore it, to push it, to repress it, to suppress it. However, our body is actually on our team. And when we can use our body as an ally for healing, that's when magic happens. I want to add one more tool to your tool belt right now. And that's something that you can start to experiment with right now. I want to teach you how to begin to track your nervous system, track your autonomic nervous system specifically. This is a very important tool to have. I teach it in my 21 day journey program because it's so important, even though it might be uncomfortable for you at first. And to do this exercise, I want you to grab a piece of paper. So pause this, grab a piece of paper and a pen. And I want you to get still. If you're walking, stop walking. If you're doing chores, pause for a moment. (laughs) We're so busy. And I want you to get still, whether you sit, whether you stand, Just get still and then ask, what do you notice in your body? Just what do you notice happening in your body? What do you notice in your body? Do you notice any sensations? And what are those that start to be the loudest right away? As I sit still right now, what becomes obvious to me is actually I have some pain in my upper stomach. And all I'm going to do is just take my pen and write that on my piece of paper. I'm not going to try to change it. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to analyze it. I just want you to do the same is just notice, notice what you find in your body and write that down on your piece of paper. Just notice something that you're becoming aware of anywhere in your body. And in fact, if you don't notice anything, that is actually what to notice and write down. I don't feel anything. And what is it? 
How is it to feel nothing? Is that nothing sensation all over your body? Just in one place? Nothing is actual, uh, an actual sensation. So write that down on your piece of paper. And now you can actively guide your attention, meaning start at your toes and we're going to work our way up and we're just going to put attention on our feet, on our toes, and then our ankles, our calves to just notice, do I, what do I notice there? And bring things to our conscious awareness intentionally. So for me, once I've acknowledged the stomach pain, so I'm not paying attention to it as much, I am going to check in with my with my toes and just kind of notice what's going on down there. I'm moving them right now. It feels good to bring in some movement. And I naturally start to bring in some movement to my ankles. And there's a little bit of pain, a little bit of stiffness in my feet. I was on a long walk earlier today, so that might be playing a role. But again, I don't need to analyze it, don't need to understand it. I just get to notice it. And as I come up my body, I can notice the, some tiredness in my legs from probably the walk. And it's a, it's a comfortable sensation for me of that, ah, oh, like I've, I've had some good exercise. It's not an uncomfortable heaviness, but for you, it might be uncomfortable. It might, there might have been pain that you have found already in your knee or in your legs and your feet. And as you move up your body, just put your intention and attention on just noticing what does my, what does my hip feel like? What does my stomach feel like? What does my, what what do my ribs feel like? What do I notice my breath? What does my breath feel like? What does my chest feel like as I take a breath? What does my throat feel like? What does my head feel like? And just pause at each of those places to notice and then write it down. If it seems to want longer, you can linger there, give it a few more minutes. Uh, Though I would also say that for those of us who have been so busy and we love to stay in our heads, this stillness can become uncomfortable and your body starts to want to move or your mind wants to start to do other things. And we actually have to build up our capacity to be still. And I just want to acknowledge that as well. And that would be something else to notice and write down on your piece of paper is this stillness is really uncomfortable and noticing where is that uncomfortable? Where's that discomfort? Where does your body seem to want to start to move? There's no right or wrong here. There's no good or bad. Your body is designed to operate in its best intelligence with the information that it has. Thankfully, as we give it different information, create different experiences for ourselves, we can change that and it can feel different. It can do different, but at this time it's doing the best with what it has, the best with what we have given it. And so whatever you notice, that's just what I want you to write down. Great job. Now, again, we're not going into the story. We're not going into the meaning. We're not going into analyzing it. We're not going into the why. Why do I have this sensation? What does that mean? We, in the 21 day journey, we talk about, we're not going into the stories. This would be the stories that we want to avoid. We just get to be present in our body and just acknowledge it. Whatever it is, just acknowledge it, whether it was a sensation or whether it was nothing, just acknowledge whatever you found in your body as you just checked in with it. First, just with that overall sense and noticing as the first thing that you had your attention brought to with stillness. And then intentionally, as you started with your toes and moved all the way up to your head. And I challenge you to see how many times throughout the day you can do this. 
just pause, notice what state of your body is it operating in right now. And that's it. Even if you don't take a few minutes, just a quick check-in of what state do I feel like I'm in right now? Am I in the, the high energy, the stress, the anxiety, or am I in that exhaustion, that overwhelm, and I'm just trying to get through? And if you're interested in becoming an expert on your own autonomic nervous system, on your driving your car and shifting your gears in a way that's healthy for your engine and transmission, then come join me for a 21-day journey. I challenge you to notice and experience the possibilities when you become the expert at learning how to shift your autonomic nervous system states. Yes, you can actually learn how to do that. If today's conversation intrigued you and you want to know more about your nervous system and even to know, wait a second, might I have stored trauma? Might my body be going into that trauma physiology and I didn't even know it, that freeze response? I have written a roadmap and this is the steps to identify and heal trauma. And you can find that roadmap on my website, traumahealingaccelerated.com or click the notes to learn more. And then I would invite you to take a 21 day journey with me, a guided journey, a guided 21 day journey where you will learn to become the expert in your own nervous system and how to shift it out of overwhelm. Thank you for joining me on this biology of trauma podcast episode. I am your host, Dr. Amy. And until next episode, thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey, and you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love.